Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, and today's book review is on the 49 Laws of Power. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So this is a pretty big landmark book. Um, if you're interested in self-development at all, which I'm kind of assuming you are, you've probably heard of this book and you, a lot of you have probably already read this book. And it's a good book, so we're going to talk about it. This is one of those books that is a useful read. Um... So yeah, let's talk about it. And the first thing I want to talk about is not obsessing over the material in this book. It is a good book to be aware of the contents. It's a good thing to be aware of the contents contained in this book. But if you're constantly thinking about all the things that are contained in this book, then you miss the whole point of the book. You want to know the laws of power so that way you don't fall victim to them. And you can use them to help achieve your goals. And that kind of ties into the next one of there isn't escaping this. You can just be ignorant. You can pretend to avoid it. Um, or you can actually implement some of it. But you can't not have social human interactions. And that's all this book is really about. It's, um, we'll, we'll go... We'll touch on this here in a sec, but this book comes off as can come off as manipulation. Um, but every human interaction you have, you are posturing, you are trying to present yourself in the best light to get the best outcomes. Whether those outcomes are just to make your friend feel better, to have fun with your friend, to um, get your employee to actually be happy at work. Uh, there's all sorts of different things that you're doing in your regular daily life of social interactions. And that's all this book is on, is social interactions. Now let's talk about the egotist alpha real quick. So this is my own term. It's something I've invented. Um, and what I call a egotist alpha is kind of like that stereotypical jock. Like, they are alpha because they're competent. They're confident and have decent social skills, meaning they can talk to people. Those are all alpha characteristics. What we often, what, what often comes along with alpha characteristics, and I think I've talked about the term alpha before, but what comes along with alpha characteristics uh, can also come along with egotism. And while the author, I like the author, the author is a good guy, his work has been adopted by a lot of egotist alphas who think they're better than everyone, and because they're better than everyone, everyone should placate them and their whims. So a great example of this is the um, stereotypical jock. Another example of this is kind of the playboy alpha mentality guys of like, why would I settle down? I have all these women to pick from. That kind of stuff. And they're, they're, the, they're the people that are obsessed with the term alpha. There we go. 
That's a great way of putting it. So when they read it and when they talk about this book, they phrase it as, this is how you get your edge. This is how you can manipulate the people to get you what you want because this is power. But that's not what this book is about. This book is about social dynamics, social intrigue. He likes, the author likes talking about courtiers, people of the court of olden day and today, of you having to be subtly competent at communication on a very low level so that way you're not pissing people off essentially and you're not being taken advantage of you have to position yourself in the court so that way everything goes smoothly in the social interactions that you are dealing to jockey for high risk power positions so this is the the perfect title for this subject the 49 laws of power because the fully correct term would be something along the lines of the subtle communications between human beings that display competence in social interactions leading to either power gains or power losses. But that doesn't sell very well. So, The 49 Laws of Power is a great title. Anyway, that's all preamble stuff, and that was a very long preamble. This is a good book. A lot of people have a problem with it because they get the sense of manipulation, but it's just social dynamics. It's understanding human nature and basically making sure you don't put your foot in your mouth. So let's talk about some of the 49 laws of power. So let's talk about law number one, never outshine the master. So essentially what that means in today's language is don't show off to the extent that it makes your, your boss look bad. Because your boss has the power. And if you tick off your boss, well, then you're in trouble. In the example in the book, um, he, the author uses a lot of real-world historical examples. I'm spacing on the names, but I think it was like Louis XIV and his uh, like right-hand man. Peas in the pods. Super close friends. Conquered the world together. Um, and the right-hand man throws this giant party in celebration, and it's dedicated to the king. But because the party was so grand and so magnificent, it made the king feel self-conscious about the parties he's thrown. And so he threw his friend in jail for the rest of his life because he didn't want to uh, have his subordinate outclass him. So basically, never make your boss look bad. It will cost you some problems. Now let's skip to law number 10. Avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Attitudes are infectious. This, there's lots of idioms along those lines. Birds of a feather flock together. Uh, you are the sum total of your five closest friends. All of these are basically saying the same thing. Whoever you are around affects your life and your attitude and your mindset. So you need to examine who you keep your company with. Are they good people? Are they bad people? Do they make you happy? Do they make you sad? And if they are a negative on your life, you need to focus on replacing them with people who are a positive on your life. And yes, that includes family. Now, you can't just be like, I'm never going to talk to you again. Actually, you can, but that's pretty extreme. But you can be like, I'm only going to hang out with them like once a month or... I'm just going to have a quick phone call with them instead of a two-hour phone call with them listening to them complain about everything. 
So those are just examples of this. Law number 13. When asking for help, appeal to people's self-interest. So, what does that mean? Well, if you are in need of help and you're asking other people for help, are you asking them to help you because they owe you? Like, hey, you did. I did this favor for you. Can you do this favor for me now? Or are you presenting it in their best interest? So, for instance, it is still obviously a request for help, but, hey, can you come help me move? I'm, I've got several boxes of pizza. Or, like, um, one particular one that I've used in a personal example is, hey, can you give me a ride to this place? And then we can hang out afterwards. They're my friend. They want to hang out with me. We're, we want to have fun together. Uh, so I'm asking for a small favor and presenting it in a package of, hey, I need the small favor done. And then here's why it would be a benefit to you to do that. And yes, hanging out with your friends is considered a benefit. Basically, what this means is look for win-win opportunities. Law number 14, which is the next one, is pose as a friend, work as a spy. And basically what this means is shut the heck up. People don't have filters. And if you are in a situation where you're needing info on your opponents or your colleagues that are trying to, in a competitive environment, so like, I don't know, for like, I guess, vying for a promotion, something like that, make idle chit-chat with them and shut up. And let them talk, and you'll get lots of information on them. That's basically what this is saying, is be friendly with people, and then let them spill the beans on the intrigue that you need. In a much more real-world example, it would be something along the lines of, like, you're on a date. Um, very innocently ask about things that might show how honest of a person they are, or how vindictive they are. And then let them talk and show you their true colors. Law number 16. Use absence to increase respect and honor. And basically this is along the lines of give people space to miss you. It is much better to have somebody say, why do I not see you more often? Or, or something along the lines of, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Than it is to be, why are you so needy? Why are you constantly bothering me? Why are you always wanting to hang out? Now, obviously, there's a balance. And if the other person doesn't have any respect for you or interest in you, they're not even going to notice that you haven't been around. And that's fine. But you don't have to be constantly vying for someone's attention to make sure that they remember you. When you give them space, they have time to actually think about you. And that's basically what that law is about. Law number 18. Isolation is dangerous. Now, if you really want to get in somebody's head, you make sure that you're the only voice in their head. So, the reverse is also true. If you don't want to have somebody have total power of your thoughts, then you need to make sure that you have other relationships. A lot of times, in especially toxic relationships, one of the spouses wants to completely monopolize their time, monopolize and have them cut off all of their friends, all of their family members, so that way they have sole control of that person's life. Now, yes, your spouse should be your main priority. And yes, their 
thoughts and opinions should weigh a lot more than others. But it shouldn't be the only voice available. So now let's skip to law number 21. Play a sucker to catch a sucker. The only thing that I know is that I know nothing. Socrates. Essentially, don't be a know-it-all and don't have all of your cards on the table. For instance, especially in work circumstances, people are always looking to have a easy, convenient answer. So if they know you happen to have that skill, they'll want to use that skill. Uh, So I'll just use one example. Let's say you work in a bakery, but your boss knows that you know electrical and there's a major electrical problem. Well, I actually don't know how much a bakery makes, but I think they make less than electricians. He will try and get you to use your electrical skill on the bakery salary. I think that makes sense. I hope that makes sense of what I'm trying to get at. Of Basically, if you have all of your cards on the table and they know what you're fully capable of, they can u- other people will use that to their advantage. So don't lay all your cards on the table. Keep some of your skill sets to yourself. Law number 28. Interaction with boldness. There's an interesting psychological fact about human beings. If you are confident enough, people will believe you. doesn't matter if... Uh, so let's say there's two people. One is a scientist who has had decades of experience in the field, can show you all the evidence in the world, but is super mild-mannered, soft-speaking, and says a lot of ums and uh, and then the other guy is confident and bold and is like, no, he is wrong, da-da-da-da-da, da-da. Most people, especially in the moment, will believe the confident guy over the guy who is obviously more knowledgeable on the subject. So when you act with boldness, people believe you. And also when you act in boldness, you're able to accomplish things that if you were um if you're holding yourself back because you're not confident in yourself then you're not going to accomplish the same things that you could have probably accomplished so even yourself you have to con into believing look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, now let's go to law number 38. Think as you like, but behave like others. So since we're talking about finances this year, let's use finances as an example. We'll get into it at a much later point in the year, but I know from my expertise in the subject, that for 99% of people, buying a house is a dumb idea. But I'm not going around constantly telling all of my friends who are buying houses that no, that's a dumb idea. And I especially don't tell them, this. I don't think this is in the laws of powers, but it's another, it's related. I especially don't tell them that what they've decided to do is dumb. Like, it doesn't do any good. They've already made the decision. They've already committed to it. Now it's just, uh, if I tell them they're dumb, they're just like, well, thanks, I've already done it, so now what? Um, 
so that's enough finance example of something along these of this law um another is basically don't think basically don't be egotistical uh if you think you're better than everyone and act better than everyone everyone will dislike you and especially in um social circumstances where power is an aspect if everyone dislikes you you're going to get ostracized and you're not going to have much power with that group Law number 40 is despise the free lunch, but the easy way to talk about this is actually the reverse, and that is give free lunches. If you want to have a conversation with somebody, bribe them with food. If you want to be able to interview somebody super successful, then offering them a free lunch is pay is basically a form of payment to get that time with them. Now, super, 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 super successful people... They are definitely not going to have time for your free lunch. Like, oh, woo, you're going to pay for my $20 coffee where other people pay me $100,000 for an hour of my time. They're, they're just not going to go with that. So it has to be proportional as well. So, But a lot of small-time business owners, they probably would be like, oh, yeah, uh, free lunch plus I get to brag about all of my accomplishments? That sounds great. So, that's the reverse of this law. The, um, example of this law is just don't fall for the trap. Mice eat cheese, hogs eat corn. A great way to catch wild hogs, uh, which is a big problem down in South USA, uh, is they'll lay out a bunch of corn in this big pin that drops once all the hogs are in, and they can capture a bunch of hogs that are destroying the land and the crops and all of that and take care of them. <laughs> so don't accept the free lunch if it's something that might be a trap. And then the final one I'm going to talk about today is law number 45. Preach change, but be slow to reform. And basically what that means is don't be too disruptive. You gotta move people in the right direction but if you're moving way too fast, people are going to get pissed off because the familiar is comfortable. So like, for instance, part of my job of this podcast, especially of this year, is to try and get you guys to change your financial habits so that way you can be more successful. And if I succeed at getting you to change your financial habits, some of you might reach out and thank me. But if I am too extreme and am trying to get you to basically completely topple over your entire lifestyle and be, feel like you're living in a cave, uh, eating scraps, never enjoying life, then you aren't going to do it. So you need to point people in the right direction, but if, it, but if you're moving too fast, be, reforming too fast, then you're going to lose them. They're not going to be like, yeah, let's do that. They're going to be like, yeah, screw you. Anyway, so that is the 48 laws of powers. I be law of power. I believe I said 49 earlier. And it's a good book. It's definitely worth a read. So go check it out. And with that, I will see you all next week.